When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Art of Charm. I'm your host, Jordan Harbinger, and I'm here with producer Jason DeFilippo. Here at the Art of Charm, we may not have all the answers, but we certainly have some of the questions. And of course, on Fan Mail Friday, those questions come from you. If you're new to the Art of Charm, Fan Mail Friday is not my favorite place to start. Most of our content is more in-depth, interview-based, longer format, so you can go to the website and check out the best of at theartofcharm.com slash best, or the fundamentals toolbox at theartofcharm.com slash toolbox, or you can just go download something with somebody's name attached, get an interview, and get a taste for what we do most of the time here at AOC. But at the toolbox page, that's where we've got our fundamentals of reading body language and charismatic nonverbal communication, negotiation techniques, the science of attraction, networking and influence strategies, persuasion tactics, and everything else that we teach here at The Art of Charm. All right, Jason, what's on deck? Hello, I've been listening to The Art of Charm for about a year. I'd like to say a big thank you for all the work you do for free. Emphasis on free. Yes. I've been a personal growth junkie all my life. I listen to podcasts about two hours every day on my way to work, and I recently started to worry that all the information that I consume doesn't change me at all. I kind of feel it does, and I feel better every day. But if you had asked me to tell you a specific thing from a podcast I was listening to last week, I'm not sure I can even answer that. How can I be sure that I'm not just wasting my time consuming all this information for nothing? Signed, Igers from Latvia. Hey, Igers from Latvia. I would tell you this. Look, you don't have to absorb everything. It's kind of like reading a book. I've, I read tons of books, and even if I read them slowly, it doesn't seem to matter. Ideas from books and shows, the important ones, the big ideas, those are the ones that you may remember. And, and largely, a lot of this gets absorbed by the subconscious, and I know that sounds like ridiculous. You're not absorbing through osmosis. You're absorbing ideas through the subconscious because you're reading about them. You're getting frameworks. You're hearing logical arguments about things. You're getting advice about other things. It doesn't mean you don't have to listen, but it does mean that things will jog in your memory when they're needed after enough repetition. And a lot of the ideas on the shows are going to have positive overlap. Like you might hear something from Paul Bloom about empathy, and then you might hear something from Linda Carroll about narcissism, and then Duana Welsh might tie those two together in some other way unintentionally, not even pulling from those shows, but just having similar ideas. So that's why we don't shy away from having similar topics or similar guests on the show, even a few months apart. So what I suggest is this, take one thing from each show and apply it to your life, no matter how small. And if that means reading the show notes after the podcast, just to go, oh yeah, we did learn that. Oh yeah, there was that. That can kind of put a cap on things, put a little veneer on everything. It doesn't matter how small it is, just take one thing. It's all about that 
1% better everyday stuff and less about the, oh my gosh, this one episode changed my entire life because of the 25 things to, to do in that or not to do in that. So take the pressure off yourself. The show is supposed to be fun. I'm having fun. It's edutainment. It's not hardcore data. It's not a college course with a bunch of statistics. We love having you here. So enjoy yourself. All right. Next up. Hi, Jordan. I unsubscribed from your podcast today. You rat bastard. And as a student of marketing myself, I thought I would be only right to tell you why. This isn't supposed to be scathing, so I hope it doesn't frustrate you or hurt your feelings. Here's what led me personally to unsubscribe. Number one, too much content, comma, not enough content. (laughs) Hmm. When I first started listening to the podcast, recommended to me by my girlfriend, by the way, It was very rich in content. Despite the cheesy title, you discussed interesting and enlightening topics. The episode on how to start a revolution I found particularly interesting, even though that's not your usual area. But after a while, the material itself seemed to thin out. I would pick an episode and it would be somebody promoting a book containing ideas that were far from revolutionary. You didn't slow down the production, so it became riskier and riskier to invest my time in the episodes. So the episodes piled up. And the last time I checked, I had something like 60 episodes to play. Number two, the art of charm ads. The ads where you say, don't take it from me, hear it from one of my satisfied customers. Well, they seem contrived and it's really frustrating. The chap in the ad doesn't seem like a genuine customer. He sounds like a robot inculcated into the Jordanic cult. I know these ads may be motivated by the psychology of social proof or whatever, but they just don't work for me. Sorry, if they if they were contrived, they would sound a hell of a lot better. Yeah, no kidding. Anyway, I hope this helps you in tailoring your content to grow more. Best of luck, respectfully, Sam. Yeah, I think if the ads were contrived, they would sound better. I think you're right about that, Jason. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, when I get these, I really appreciate them. It does sting a little bit. Um, but I, I would say, I think I respectfully disagree with a lot of this here. Uh, without attacking Sam, seems like a good guy. I love the fact that he took the time to write this in. But there's a balance between a show and a presentation that's merely content, um, which is maybe the function of Minnesota Monday, Fan Mail Friday, and things like that. So I don't know. It's hard to say. Maybe Sam's looking for something else that's just like, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, and da-da-da-da, internet marketing, and we don't really do that. It seems like maybe he is looking for something else. And However, I would say given your other interests... Sam had that I I asked in a follow-up email. It seems like AOC is a great fit for him. He listens to Freakonomics. He listens to Hidden Brain. So I'm a little confused, but I always hate to lose a fan, so I hope you come back to us, Sam. If not, just now know that I can talk to your girlfriend, and you'll never know what I'm saying to her on the show um, because she recommended it, and she listens to it. Uh, His girlfriend, by the way, is Eileen Ung, and uh, she's from Melbourne, Australia. So, hey, Eileen, how you you doing? But but really, I do get confused when I see stuff like this because I just think when I look at our show, Jason, I see a ton of content that is quite dense. I mean, it's not boring in my opinion. I mean, we're here having fun, but I wouldn't exactly say like, oh, Paul Bloom, light on content. Uh, General McChrystal, too light on content. I just don't get that argument. I really disagree with it. 
and I usually hear the opposite. So I'm not exactly sure. I almost think that maybe he heard one episode and went, oh, I didn't really like that, and then just saw them piling up and got frustrated with himself for not investing the time in unsubscribe. Because very rarely do we get complaints about the, fa- the idea that we don't have enough content, but we have too many shows. I get the idea that there's a lot of shows, but I don't think there's any episode where we're like, oh yeah, just promote your book and we'll see you later. I mean, that's, that's like the opposite of what we do here. Yeah, my job is so that people that have a book actually have content and they don't get to come on the show unless they have content. That's why I'm yeah. here. <laughs> and we almost never even mention the book except when I'm talking because I've read the book. So I'm not sure what's going on here, but uh, I, I mean, it sounds like even his girlfriend isn't sure because she recommended the show to him thinking he would love it and she still listens. So I, I don't know. Not sure what to make of that, <laughs> but I do love hearing from people who don't like the show for a specific reason instead of just like the one guys who write in like, this is stupid. I don't care about that. But I want to hear reasoned arguments about why people might unsubscribe or stop listening. And if it's just because they want a certain thing, I can then make the decision with you, Jason, whether or not we're going in the right direction. I personally am very hesitant to steer the ship differently based on what I think is a lack of perception as a, or a mistaken perception as opposed to a genuine fan saying, hey, FYI, I liked this better, uh, which I think is more helpful. But thanks, Sam, for writing in. Much respect for letting us know why you left, and I hope you come back because if you're listening to those other shows, I think you're definitely missing out uh, on not listening to AOC, but that's just my biased opinion. Lennon and McCartney, Jagger and Richards, Watson and Crick, AJ and Johnny. What about the perfect duo when it comes to growing your business? Well, that's you and Shopify. That's right, Johnny. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling your own fire merch or promoting your productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort, thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, as well as millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. And AJ, you don't have to just sell your stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from the brands that you love, giving your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no-excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash charm. Go to shopify.com slash charm now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash charm. Johnny, we know if you listen to the show, you are driven. In fact, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 
If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to recent Indeed survey. We have hired a lot of team members over the last 17 years. Going through endless resumes, well, that's a time sink. But you know what else is a time sink? Interviewing endless people, because they're all going to give you the best face forward. That's why we love Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash charm. Just go to Indeed.com slash charm right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash charm. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, next up. Dear Jordan, you've mentioned about how when you were younger, you wiretapped, skipped school, did some social engineering stuff. That's a lot for a teenager. I assume that aside from that, you must have gotten into more trouble as well. How come you never talk about that stuff? It seems like it's only fair to tell the other side of the story. Signed, Criminally Curious. Okay, fair enough. Now, look, mostly I was a nerd, but I will trickle out some stories here one at a time. Now, let's see. Uh, a while ago, uh, in, also in high school, that's what I mean by a while, a long while ago, I was dating this girl. She w was a, at another high school, and she couldn't hang out this one night because she had Beastie Boys tickets, and I, I knew that to be the case. And I, I borrowed the tickets from her, and she said, if you don't bring them back, I'm going to kill you. And I scanned them on a really high-quality scanner. And I did this much far in advance I did this and I scanned another set of tickets to I think like a Red Hot Chili Peppers concert which was earlier than that one and I remember going to what I thought was the Red Hot Chili Peppers concert at this place called uh, Pine Knob back in Michigan it's, it's called something else now like DTE Arena or whatever and I went there and I, I noticed the whole arena the whole outdoor area was like filled with these middle-aged African-American women and I, I thought, wait a minute, this is such a weird crowd for Red Hot Chili Peppers. And the reason I did this, of course, was to test my ability to create fake concert tickets. And I thought, this is going to be amazing. Uh, and one of these women, she said, oh, you cute. I'm going to have one more margarita and I'm going to come get you. And uh, and I remember just like thinking, like, this is such an outside my comfort zone type of experience. But we ended up getting into that concert. That was the Four Tops, by the way. We'd accidentally walked into a Four Tops concert and not the... Uh, not the Red Hot Chili Peppers, hence all the middle-aged African-American women everywhere. Whoopsie. But, 
I know, but we we realized, oh my God, this stuff works, right? So we scanned the BC Boys tickets, a bunch of other types of tickets. I even copied the perforation with a knife on these color printouts that we printed on these super high quality photo printers. Uh, this goes in line with our letter from last week about white privilege. Like I'm sitting here with my buddy who's got a professional photo printer. His dad was a judge and he's like, look, you need to do this to make it more realistic. And he goes, by the way, don't get caught because I will throw the book at you for this if you end up in my courtroom. The judge was giving you tips on how to make fake tickets? I mean, he was just like, don't use that. But yeah, he was there, and, and I just thought like, oh God, talk about the privilege uh, from, from last week's Fan Mail Friday. Uh, but it, it was it was really funny. And yeah, at the time, we just thought, this is so cool. I mean, worst case scenario, we're going to get kicked out. But this outdoor venues like that were no, a non-issue because you had seats in the pavilion, but nobody bought those. They were more expensive. So you had lawn seats. So you once you're in, you're just, you're in. No one's going to find you. No one's going to be able to find where you are with those tickets. So we went to a ton of concerts back in the day because my buddy had a photo printer and we used the same thing to make IDs. I mean, we were loaded with trouble. The, the only thing that kept kept us alive. Uh, you're lucky you did not get caught with one of those IDs. Oh, tell me about it. You would have gone to jail instantly. Oh, yeah, of course. And a lot of the things that we did with them were not so bad. Doesn't basically. matter. Doesn't like, matter. You get caught with it. That's a oh, felony. the ID <laughs> itself is a, is a felony. Yeah. No, I mean, we we the reason I'm not dead right now is because we use the IDs to like buy wine coolers and stuff like that. Bartles and James, thank you for your support. Yeah, it was really, it really was stuff like that. And we didn't give them to girls and we didn't give them to people younger than us. And it was just me and my friend would drink them or something like that. We didn't drink and drive or we'd go to Canada and drink because you only had to be 19. And it was, it made things really, really easy for us uh, that way. And the concert tickets were kind of fun and cool. I mean, to show up and like your, your girlfriend who's saved up for the whole summer for Beastie Boys tickets would be there. And you're like, hey, what's up? And she's just like, oh, my God, you know, so that I did a lot of that stuff. But I really didn't do a lot of the serious stuff like I talked about before, the wiretapping, some of the social engineering stuff there. I, I had a couple other instances, but I'll, I'll do the drip method on the, the stories of how bad I was when I was a teenager. But, yeah, fair enough. It's not fair for me to just tell the stuff where I exhibited a lot of growth. I did a lot of crappy stuff, too, that I should probably throw in here just so just just to round out the picture. <laughs> we could have used you uh, back at Kinko's. Me and Show Notes Bob, uh, we worked at Kinko's for two years and we ran millions of dollars worth of equipment and uh, you would have fit right in with us back then. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely had some 4 a.m. nights at Kinko's where I was like, hi, can you help me copy a photo and laminate it with a hard laminate? And can you shove this seal of the state of Michigan underneath the laminate while you're pushing it down? And the guy's just like, yeah, for 50 more dollars I can. And I'm like, <laughs> you got it, chief. Well, uh, here, here's my favorite uh, <laughs> Valentine's Day story. Girl calls in. It's about one in the morning. She calls in and says, hey, can I come in and take a copy of my butt? And I'm like, well, I, you know, the logistics play in in my head. I'm like, well, I don't know how big she is. She might break the glass. So I'm like, no. And then she's like, well, can I take a copy of my boobs? I'm like, sure. And of wow. course, because she's not going to break the glass with those unless they're epic. But uh, well, yeah. bring some Windex. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, sure you can. Just bring some Windex. Exactly. Because we still got to use those machines after after you're oh, done. Oh, man. This went downhill fast. Let's go to question. Number, let's go to the next question here. Hi, Jordan. I've listened to your podcast for a few years now, and there's no question it helped me get both a new job and my first girlfriend, both of which happened just about three years ago. 
My girlfriend is great. We have a similar sense of humor and like doing a lot of the same things, although I try to keep fit and active, whereas she is somewhat of a homebody. She says she needs to go for runs or would like to do sports together, but when it comes down to it, it never happens. Recently, she stopped taking birth control pills due to it giving her mood swings and giving her more of an appetite. Since then, she's lost weight. She was very slim before and now even more so. She's aware of this, but what she hopefully isn't aware of is that it's made me less physically attracted to her. She has low self-confidence already, and I don't want to make her feel worse about herself. She's pretty, but when it comes down to it, I'm not super excited about seeing her naked, which is an obvious problem. Mm. I've also started to find myself being attracted to other women. It's more lust than anything else, and I wonder if it's a bit of FOMO given that this is my first relationship. My girlfriend has had relationships before and had much more of an idea what she wanted going into this relationship than I did. She was first to say I love you by quite some distance, was first to suggest moving in together, and now frequently brings up marriage, children, and how she isn't getting any younger. I'm 29 and she's 31. I'm feeling quite pressured to propose and start a family with her, and it's clouding my judgment. Am I doing it for her or for me? After all, I eventually said I love you back, and now we live together, so I'm probably just being hesitant and indecisive about the other stuff, right? I'm torn between the feeling that the grass is greener on the other side and the feeling that I'd be throwing something good away. On the one hand, there might be someone out there who shares the same interests as me, plus the desire to change themselves for the better, whether it be through sport or something else, and who I'm more attracted to. On the other hand, no relationship is ever perfect, probably, and maybe I'm just giving up too easily or scared of the commitment or the FOMO. I can see myself having a family with my girlfriend and find myself thinking about kids more and more. But am I looking in the distance whilst ignoring what's right in front of me? Any advice would be much appreciated. Thanks. So, so, so confused. Well, this is a tough one because I, I obviously we can't make the decision whether or not you should stay with your girlfriend. I will say you are right about the fact that no relationship is ever perfect and that just as a guy, me and every guy that I know, we're always kind of like, is the grass greener on the other side? But it comes down to whether or not you really believe that it is or you also realize that the grass is greener for every single person. And that's just the sort of the way that biology works, especially from a male standpoint, where we're kind of not necessarily, and this is controversial, wired for long-term, lifelong monogamy. It doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. It doesn't mean it won't work for us. It doesn't mean it's going to be a problem. It just means that, especially at age 29, you're going to be having that type of thought. I would say, though, that for me, when I was 29, I was nowhere near ready to settle down. So it sounds like you might be in a different window of life than your girlfriend, who's 31, uh, and women tend to get in that window of life where they want to have kids earlier because of pure and simple biology. You will always, or at least I should say, in my experience and in the experience of everyone I've ever asked about this type of question, you will always have lust. It's normal. It's human. Anyone who tells you otherwise has some sort of agenda. I'll leave it at that. Uh, but you'll always have to compromise in relationships, but you won't have to settle. Right. I want to say that there's a big difference between compromising, right? There's a difference between compromising your core values, things you really value, things that you need in your life that you have to have. If you compromise your core values, that is settling. If you're compromising on other things, well, I want to live in Arizona and you kind of like living near a bigger body of water because you like water sports. That's that's compromise. That's fine. You'll survive it. But you never want to compromise core values. You never want to settle. 
You need to list out your core values, do it on paper. If this means going out and doing active stuff instead of being a homebody and you want that person to go with you all the time, you like camping and you're always doing that, or maybe you want kids and the other person doesn't or you don't and they do, those are core values. Religion for most people is a core value. Chemistry, that stuff is tricky, but it has to exist at some level, even if the fire doesn't burn as hot as it did before. So I wouldn't worry about that as much, but I would definitely say that if you're 29 and you're thinking, ugh, I don't really want to sleep with my girlfriend because she's too X, Y, Z, that's a big problem. It, there's one thing to go, well, you know, we've been together for five years and the, the sex is the sex and that's what is what it is and it's it's nice and fun, but it's not necessarily always fresh and new and that's life. That's one thing. But if you're thinking, oh, I hope she doesn't want to have sex later tonight, that's a problem. That's a, a big problem because you guys aren't married. You should be in the prime of things right now. And it sounds like there might be some differences here that you really need to take into account. I'm not going to do it for you. I can't. But I would list your core values and I would see how your relationship, not her, I would see how your relationship stacks up to those core values. Remember, you're not comparing her to what you want. You're comparing your relationship, your ideal relationship to what you want. And you're going to, while realizing that you're never going to have your ideal relationship in terms of every single thing, compromise is going to be there. However, you should never compromise on those core values. And the only way to know what those are is to list them out and think good and hard about what's core and what's something you're willing to compromise on and what's something you're not. Hope that helps. All right, last but not least. Hi, Jordan. I've been listening to your podcast for about a year now, and I always hear informative things which I find very interesting. I love the diversity of different topics. I think you're an amazing interviewer and love your humor. I'm from Toronto. Just wanted to say thank you and your team for the great podcast. It's definitely one of my favorites. So, when do guys usually say, I love you, to their significant other? And if it's okay to ask, when did you say I love you to Jen? I've been together with my boyfriend for a little over a year now, and we've not said I love you to each other. Not to compare him to my past relationships, but the guys that I was dating always said it to me first, although I never said I love you back. I just never really felt that I love someone, and I should only say it if I truly love them. I'm 25 now, and he just turned 31. I like the relationship we're having. He's a really great guy, and I have strong feelings for him. But since he hasn't brought up the L word, I haven't said it either. Everything is still good, but it's been on my mind for some time, and just wonder if he'll ever say it. Is he like me and just waiting for the other one to say it first? Or does he not take me seriously? I met his parents and have gone to their place a few times for dinner, and they seem to be pretty fond of me, and they even joke that we should get a bigger place together instead of me getting a one-bedroom condo. Is this a red flag? Do you think he's just not the I love you kind of person, or is he planning on breaking up with me? Hope to hear from you soon. Sincerely, love me not. Yikes. Well, this this is also a really tricky relationship question, and of course, and given the ages that people are, um, it, it, this thing can vary so much with stages of life, but I would say this is not necessarily a red flag, at least not yet, not based on the information above. And I think this could be a cultural thing. He could be from a conservative culture. He could be from an East Asian culture. There's a lot of things that could come into play here. Uh, it could also be a vulnerability thing. He could have issues around being vulnerable. Maybe in his mind, the woman in the relationship has always said this first. Maybe he's never had a serious relationship before. Maybe he's thinking the exact same thing that you're thinking. Maybe he doesn't want to be rejected if he says it because he's not sure how you're going to feel. I could go on and on here, but you need to talk to him about this. Tell him your feelings for him. 
And if he has the same feelings, you'll both be hugely relieved. But if he doesn't, then you get to know now instead of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Because right now she's kind of existing in this sort of, I don't know what's going to happen. What's the next thing that's going to happen? You got to rip off that Band-Aid. You might be pleasantly surprised at what you find underneath. But at the very least, you won't be unpleasantly surprised at some random point in the future where everything just suddenly implodes for some reason and he can't take it anymore and he never loved you and blah, 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 and it's over. It's always better to get this stuff out in the open. Even if it's a bit tough to be vulnerable first and open the discussion, it's going to pay off dividends later on to get all this stuff out on one page. And additionally, it sets a good precedent for you to talk about feelings, talk about vulnerability, and it can take your relationship to another level. Not just you guys telling each other that you love each other, but being able to put feelings out there without fear of rejection and showing vulnerability. That's kind of the foundation of every really successful and happy relationship that I know. And so you should definitely seek to do that. And if it doesn't work out... It's not, oh, it wasn't meant to be, but it it definitely isn't a good fit for you if that's where you are in your life and how you decide to deal with feelings and issues like this inside your relationship. Hope you all enjoyed today's show. Don't forget, you can email us friday at theartofcharm.com to get your questions answered on the air. A link to the show notes for this episode can be found at theartofcharm.com slash FMF for Fan Mail Friday 99. Also, don't forget about the AOC Challenge. We are going to take you step-by-step at making better personal connections, better professional connections, becoming a better networker, increasing your personal social capital and your charisma. And it's for both guys and gals, so check that out. Text the word CHARMED, C-H-A-R-M-E-D, to 33444. That's here in the States. Anywhere else, just go to theartofcharm.com slash challenge for that. And, of course, I'm speaking here and there. If you want me to speak at your organization, your school, email me directly, jordan at theartofcharm.com. Quick shout-out to Tristan in Lvov, Ukraine, who uses what he's hearing on AOC to teach students and help them find careers. Will... Bezbachenko, I think, in Kyrgyzstan. That's like the second shout-out in a row, this, or maybe just this month, to Kyrgyzstan. Anyway, Will's on his Fulbright over there, pumping some AOC in his free time on speedy Kyrgyz internet. Are you in a strange land listening to my familiar voice? If so, hit me up. I'd love to shout you out here. More from AOC at theartofcharm.com, including info on our live residential boot camp that we run every week here in LA. If you really want to dig into this stuff, work on your AOC skills with us as your coaches. Check it out, bootcamp.theartofcharm.com. Now stay charming, get out there and connect and leave everyone better than you found them. Over the last 17 years, we have launched our fair share of online courses, coaching programs, and finding the right platform has always been a challenge. They say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. But if you're an entrepreneur, you know the hard work that comes with it. That's why you need Kajabi. Kajabi makes it easy to run your entire online business from one platform so you can focus on what you love, creating. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part? Kajabi doesn't cut into your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't even need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. 
Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash charm. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash charm. Go to kajabi.com slash charm and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. Thanks for listening to The Art of Charm. Get more confidence, relationship skills, life hacks, and more at the Art of Charm Podcast dot com.